posture, Lord. And Father, I just pray that um, I pray that we could just let go of any fear or anxiety that we might be feeling right now, Lord, and that um, the light would just shine through the brokenness. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes. It's so great to have a, a woman of faith on here. You know, it's awesome. Welcome back to the Fight Over Flight podcast. We have an incredibly special guest for you today. She's a dancer, singer, songwriter, poet, and published author. Name is Olivia Hutcherson. We can't wait for you guys to check this out. What, what made you guys want to do this? Well, it was Rob's kind of vision to have something like this go on. And mm -hmm. um, I, I asked John to kind of come and help us. And I also kind of selfishly wanted to talk about all this stuff, too, because there's a lot of opinions I have on stuff. And I thought um, Rob would probably be the best uh, host for, for a show like that because mm -hmm. he's kind of not only is he passionate, but he's like rooted in kind of justice being being an officer and stuff. So I just um, thought it was like a, a perfect mix of everything. Yeah. And then um it's just a passion project too, you know, cool. just something, something to kind of let our creativity out. Mm. Yep. I admire people who make time for their passion yeah. off the yeah. clock. Yeah, and it's sure. hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to find. I mean, Th that's the hardest part of this whole thing. <clears throat> yeah. Scheduling. Yes. Right. And, and what's also hard to find is that I guess let me just get in. Um, it's hard to find that passion when you don't know because for a year and a half I was like chasing other things mm. that was all kind of geared towards money right and I was never satisfied with it like mm. even though I was making extra money and I was doing this I wasn't satisfied and it was it's funny I was driving home after work through traffic and <clears throat> well two days prior I said I said to God okay look I'm done like I'm gonna go to work I'm gonna go to the gym mm. I'm gonna um go home to my dog and then that's it like I'm gonna live a just I'm a blessed man, and I'm stressed out over things that don't matter. Mm. And once I kind of shut up, it was like that guy <clears> was able to speak to me. When I was driving home, fight over flight just popped in my head. Right. And I don't know if you're familiar with, like, Route 3 and Clifton area. Mm -hmm. I pulled over in the Panera parking lot, and I just sat there <laughs> for two hours, like, after work, because I knew what it meant. And for two years, I was trying to chase something. Like, he knows. I was, mm -hmm. We were trying to do projects and all these different things, and it just wasn't for me. And mm -hmm. as, as soon as I pulled over, as soon as I, like shut up it was like god I was like okay now that you're quiet you could let me speak you could speak to you yeah and i knew exactly what it meant with fight over flight and it yeah. comes that both of us have suffered from traumas in our lives mm. and it's funny because I, I just weird i didn't know who to speak to and i just like reached out to angel and i was hitting him up all the time like what camera do i get i love your <laughs> name this? by the way oh, yeah. i love your name yeah i actually got my name because my mom uh went to a, a Christian church one time when she yeah. was in her 20s, and that was when she was pregnant with me. Really? Yeah. yeah she was going to name me something else, and then she switched it after that. Yeah, yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. It we only started going name. back to church, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah. So it was it's a very good name. distant thing, but that it's cool. That is cool. Yeah. So he stepped in. Yeah, he stepped uh -huh. in. You no, know, because I was asking him a lot of things, and then he just... And I was like, I know he's got his own things going on. And he was like, hey, you know, I'd love to partner with you on this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, let's do it. You know, like, this is yeah. crazy. All right, awesome. And then yeah. we just ran with it from there. Cool. Yep. I like to, um, I like to know where people are coming from. Yeah. It's funny because normally I don't, uh, I don't like say yes to a project right away mm -hmm. um, until I, I really know the people. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I listen to many of the videos that you guys posted. And I was like, wow, I, I really, I like the work that you guys are about. I like the messages. Um, and, you know, the numbers, the numbers thing is not always what it's about for me. It's like the, the value. Um, and so I just, I think the work you guys are doing is meaningful. Thank you. Um, so, and I, I think it always comes full circle. Mm -hmm. So, and something you said, like how, you were getting upset over things that didn't matter. You know, you have your job and mm -hmm. you have your life and you're going through the motions, but there was that emptiness. And for me, I experienced that too. It's like you just get to a point where you're at the end of yourself. Right. And that's when, like, God, Jesus, Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, like, all in one 
he will chase you down and he'll find you like he'll find you in a parking lot in a grocery store on the side (laughs) of a highway like you don't have to be in church I always tell people like my dance partner said to me recently he's like have you always been like this I'm like have I always been like what he's like you know like a church girl I'm like babe like church is us yeah like it's not a it's not a building (laughs) yeah You know, and that's like my biggest goal is to reconstruct people's mentality on that. It's like it's it's not a building. It's Mm -hmm. church is the way we treat each other. Church is. Yeah, I mean, that's been a big part of why I want to do this as well. I think that there are a lot of misunderstandings about church, Mm -hmm. about God and, and just Christianity in general. Right. Like people have a really firm misunderstanding about it just in in the public eye so I I think just being able to talk to people in an open just free way about all of the things Mm -hmm. that they're going through and where where faith fits in within those things Mm -hmm. super important to me yeah so I I don't know yeah and we both come and you know before that we both have different paths with our with faith but that's why I met Angel at our church. Mm-hmm. But before that, you know, he suffered from epilepsy and I had a disease called Meniere's disease. So we, our passion comes from knowing what it's like to be alone mm-hmm. and to think that we're broken or we may not get out of this, this mess and this, of this chaos of life. Right. And so we're like, okay, since that's deep rooted in us, mm-hmm. this is, this is perfect, you know, because then we can just kind of relate to people no matter what they went through mm-hmm. and we can tell them that it's all right. You know, right. it's okay to not be okay. Right. You know, so powerful. Yeah. So we, you know, we definitely thank you for for yeah. being on here. Are we wrong? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, hey, I like oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. That's the that's the best flow. Yeah, for sure. You know? That was like the, she's dropping knowledge on us. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So where do we start? <laughs> okay. So we are here with Olivia Hutcherson. We already did the intro. We recorded it. Mm-hmm. Recorded it. Um, but. We'd love to know a little bit about you, um, what you're up to, where you're from, uh, anything about your history that you want to tell us, and just, you know, we'll start there. Okay. Um, well, actually, my full name is Olivia Summer Hutcherson. Okay. Um, I am a summer baby. I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, um, so I'm a southern girl by roots. Uh, I came to New York, New Jersey when I was 16 with my mom and my brother. Oh, so um, you really grew up in the South. I really grew up in the South. Wow. I don't have much of an accent left, which is so sad. Yeah. Although when I do go there and my uncle calls me baby girl, I get, <laughs> you know, it comes out. It comes out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I grew up in the South. I came here when I was 16. Um, I was raised by a single mother and I, I grew up Christian um, I grew up in church like three times a week, and then when we moved to New York, everything changed. Like my mom was working three jobs, I was working in a dance studio. My brother was running off, you know, doing his thing, and everybody just went their own way. Life changed a lot. Um, Where in New York were you? So at first we were in Midtown Manhattan, and then. My mom realized how much that cost. <laughs> so I was like, we're going to go to Jersey. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then we wound up in Ridgefield, uh, which is where we still are now. Mm, cool. um, I finished high school. And then at 18 years old, I went out to California. Uh, I was in San Francisco. Oh, wow. I love yeah. San Francisco. It was a, it was a big leap. Um, and so then I wound up becoming a cheerleader for San Francisco 49ers. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's interesting. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I tried out for So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, no way. I was doing shows. I was a ballroom dancer. I was teaching. I was, like, living my best life. Um, I was out there for five years, and then out of nowhere, I was, like, decided I was homesick, and my mom calls me and tells me my grandmother's sick, And it was just kind of, I was at a crossroads Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, I had been in a relationship with somebody for a long time, and it was not working out. And so I just left everything in California. I got a one-way ticket, and I was like, I'm coming home to see my grandma. It seems like you're kind of used to culture shock, coming from the South, south, going into Manhattan, and the complete opposite. I got good at 
picking up my stuff and leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that served you? Do you think that was something that was a necessary skill or something that made you stronger? Uh, next question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I got good at, um, I think I just got good at being able to say goodbye, mm. I guess. That's not easy. Yeah. Because I know people that can't even leave like their town, let alone a state, let alone an entire area of the country. Yeah. So, I mean, that takes that takes strength to be able to do that because that is not easy. Yeah. That is not easy. And, yeah. you know, being from, from the South, and I won't hold it against you if, if you're like a... Uh-oh. If you're, if you're any sports fans of Atlanta, like the Braves or anything like that, because I'm a Mets fan. Um, I won't hold that against you. <laughs> yeah, I usually cheer for winners, you know. know. Yeah. <laughs> that seems horrible. But to come from, you know, down there, and you moved when you were 16. Yeah. So you were already in high school to yeah. then make the, the Junior jump to year. here. I mean, that's great. You had your friends. You had everything mm-hmm. going on. And I was going from a performing arts school to a regular high school. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was like, traumatizing. Yeah. And if people don't know the tri-state area, especially New York, it is like no other. Yeah. yeah. I was I was the school. only Goldilocks in my school. <laughs> it was not a pretty thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then to go all the way to the West Coast, I mean, that's different. Yeah. It's definitely different. Now, what like, would you say out of that is your favorite area? In California? What? Everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Um, you know, I don't have a favorite, but I will say that every, every place, um, left a little piece of home mm-hmm. in my heart and I'm grateful for each experience because each experience allowed me to really connect with different groups of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big part of why I've been able to, um, I've been able to like resonate with so many different people because I have like this like Southern (laughs) thing about me, you know, and like I could, I could also like vibe with like New Yorkers, you know, I could throw on like some Bay Area hip hop, you know, so it's like very different. Yeah, 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 like people don't believe that about me. But like, I love hip hop. I love jazz. I love you know, to eat cornbread. Like, <laughs> I, I got a little bit of everything in there. So it's like, are you schizophrenic? It's like, no, I just moved a lot. I just I'm eclectic. Moved a lot. I'm eclectic, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I, and that's amazing because variety, especially, I always say, because this area, um, the so I'm from the Jersey City, Hoboken area, right. and I think Jersey City was rated the number fifth most, um, I think it was like, Hoboken was number three most densely populated area mm. in the country like, <clears throat> per square mile. I believe it. Yeah. And Jersey City was like number fourth or fifth most diverse really? city in the world. Wow. The entire world. I mean, you have every country in Jersey City and the same as in New York. So yeah. to have all of that here, right. I always feel like we're at an advantage mm-hmm. from the rest of the country. Yeah. Big time. Because, you know, we have Hispanics, it's not like that Italians. Everywhere. It's not. And you being able, being from the South and coming up here and then going over there, you're having friends and you're meeting people and connections mm-hmm. with basically people from all over the world. Right. And... That's amazing because then yeah. it gives you the ability to communicate with different culture, with different areas. You know, I think that's pretty awesome. Thank you. It really is. Yeah. I've never even been to the West Coast, so I want yeah. to like it's go nice. there. Yeah, it's nice. I do. Um, I am very partial to the warm weather and the beaches, though. Mm. So I will say that I miss that very much. Yes. Yeah. Well, San Francisco isn't as warm. This is true. Yeah. This is true. I was surprised the first time I went there. I had to, I had to buy a sweater because I only bought brought with me like shirts and t-shirts and yeah. like shorts yeah. so that was surprising yes true. something um you know hearing all of this your travel you're a christian you're a dancer well first i actually wanted let's do this first because i want to do it now and also at the end just in case someone misses the beginning or the end yeah. cool. please talk about like what you're doing now <laughs> please talk about your book okay let's get that like where can people find you yeah. let's do that now and at the end because i feel like i just want okay. everyone to follow you because <laughs> you're plug yeah thank i want you. you're amazing so i want um, everyone to follow you thank you thank you um so this is my book <laughs> <laughs> the show must go on um the show must go on um it is a poetry book um it is self-published 
Uh, it took me three years to write it. And for me, it was really, um, it was really just, it started as a journal. You know, I've always written poetry. I started writing when I was 13 years old, but they were always for me. They weren't for other people. And what happened was I got diagnosed back in 2015. So when my mom called me and she said, oh, your grandmother's not doing well, you need to come home. Mm -hmm. And I booked that one-way ticket. It's kind of a good segue. Um, and I came back to New Jersey. And uh, I, I was home, and so I decided to stay. And within, like, a few months of being back, I signed with an agency here. And the first artist I began dancing with was Madonna at the time. Wow. wow. And within, like a week of dancing with her, um, I got diagnosed with having breast cancer. Wow. And I was 26, and um, I just remember, I remember thinking no, they have the wrong girl. Like, right. I was at the peak of my health, and we were in the middle of filming, and I looked down and I was bleeding from uh, my breast. And that's why you went to get checked out. Yeah, that's, that was what wow. triggered me wow. going to get checked. Because a lot of people complain about pain. Mm -hmm. I had no pain at all. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm bleeding. I thought I scratched myself because I always have these crazy Catwoman nails. I was <laughs> like, didn't scratch myself. So I went to get checked. Um, they told me what was going on. And I remember coming home crying the whole first night. And then the next day, I wrote this poem. And then the next day, I wrote a poem. This went on, like, every single day. And by, like... Three months in, I had a stack. Like, my entire notebook was full. Still hadn't shared anything. They were just going under the bed, getting mm -hmm. dusty. And I remember being at my last chemo treatment. And you always get to ring the bell mm -hmm. yeah. for your chemo treatment. And I remember saying to my mom, I said, Mom, I'm going to share a poem on Facebook. She's like, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just feel like sharing it. So I upload the poem that night. I'm all swollen from all the steroids and stuff. I'm bald. I have no eyelashes, no eyebrows. I look crazy. And we're in the infusion center, and I'm, like, all wrapped up. And this woman, I'll never forget, she comes and she knocks on the door. And I'm, like, halfway knocked out. And she's standing there in the doorway, like, and she goes, are you Olivia Hutcherson? And I'm, like, who's asking? <laughs> <laughs> and... She, like, can't even talk. And she goes, I read your poem this morning. And I'm like, you did? <laughs> and she goes, I know. And she just comes over to me, and she hugs me, and she's crying, and I'm crying, and my mom's crying. And I was like, I have to share these. Wow. And it was, like, such an emotional moment. And um, that was really, like, my revelation that I was like, these poems are not for me. These are for them. Right. Um, because once, once that pen hits the paper, and I still write everything by hand, by the way. That's what <laughs> that's took cool. so long. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm my grandmother's granddaughter. Mm. I write everything by hand. I'm old school. Um, and so I was like, as soon as the pen hits the paper, the tears leave my face, it's out. Right. You know, it's, there is a transference of energy that happens, and it's like, it's out. Um, but that day meant so much to me, and I never forgot that day. And I can't even tell you how many moments I've had like that, but that day will always stick out in my mind. And that was the day that I knew I was going to publish a book. Um, so how long was the, was the process from knowing, okay, <clears throat> this is special. I have something here yeah. and book in hand. <laughs> <laughs> There's no expiration date on dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I know that's a long process and yeah. I just want people to hear that yes. it's not an easy task yeah. to publish a book. Yeah, it wasn't like the next day you were like, I'm no. going to now write yeah, a book. I'm going to send it no. to Kinko's. And, yeah. Yes. Um, that's such a valid point. And I'm so happy to talk about this right now because everybody's like, oh, my God, it was an overnight success. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Um, well, it was three years of writing, and a big part of that was because my journey wasn't over. Mm. There's a big misconception of like, okay, you get diagnosed, you do your surgery, do you, you do your chemo, and it's over. And it's not. Even now, um, I think when once you have a diagnosis, and that can be with any illness, by the way, mm-hmm. um, your fight is never over. Right. If you are a Christian, um, and you're blessed enough to be walking in, in the fact that we are healed by faith, you know, because we have Jesus, like we are healed. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that doesn't mean that we don't fight through it. Right. Um, so, so we fight, our fight continues. Um, there's a sign in my room that says, pray like everything depends on God and act like everything depends on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I've never heard that. Me neither. So, you know, that doesn't mean we don't do our part, Right. but the fight is never over. So how much of, uh, I guess, your fight would you say you, you attribute to your relationship with God? How much of it is, like, I depend on him for, for everything, and how much of it is, like, I'm still struggling with it? I lean on him fully, um, you know, but we're human. So, yeah, of course. So we, we cast it to him, and then we take it back. Yeah, and then we cast right. it on him, and it's then we like, take it back. God handle this. First Peter five day, seven. I, I, I cast all my cares, anxieties on him, and then we take it back. Right. So that's why that's why you have to be constantly renewing your mind and your spirit. Right. You know that's why that's why I'm in the Word. That's why I'm in church. That's why I'm listening to worship music. That's why I'm praying all the time because I'm like, if I don't reset my mind and my spirit, then I'm. <laughs> then I'm in Olivia's mm. world, and <laughs> that's a scary place yeah. to be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because no, then I'm in my feelings, and yeah. my feelings are not facts. They're just a whole bunch of me <laughs> at my pity party, and I'm the only one there. <laughs> and I love, and I love, you don't know, like, because we're just meeting today for right. the first time, so you don't know. But when you said fight, my like, I got goosebumps all over my body because they oh. love that word, right? Like, <laughs> this is like my favorite because. Because that's what the purpose and the whole mantra of this is, you know, fight over flight. Because right. there, in, in this world, if you really want to optimize your life, your life mm-hmm. if you really want to live happy and joy and really feel love, mm-hmm. you have to fight in everything. Of I mean, and God asks us to fight. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. we have to be warriors of him. Right. And no matter what's going on, before the storm, during the storm, after the storm, we have to fight for our joy. We have to fight for our love. We have to fight through everything because there is no taking flight in life there really isn't i mean you can't you know yeah. you can't everything and you try and outrun eventually comes back comes back yeah, to right. you for sure and that's why when you said that I just, it was like a little i was like oh yes confirmation <laughs> yeah so you're you're discovering this you're kind of going through your journey while trying to fight um you know all of all of the thoughts that you're that you're having about this mm-hmm. what were some of the, i guess and i don't want to bring you back to that place but what were what were some of the most toxic thoughts that you had that you that you can honestly say like I no longer believe those because mm. I know how bad they are for me? Yeah, yeah, um, that maybe they could that a listener right. now could be yeah. thinking about, and you want them to say <clears throat> no, don't right? Because I'm I'm assuming people have some of the craziest thoughts in a moment like yeah, that. Yeah, that's you know, such so. a that's such a good question. Um, so I, if you read the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now you gotta go get it. Um, if you read the whole book, you will quickly discover that this this whole book is not only about cancer mm-hmm. because one of my best friends said it to me. She said, Liv, this um this cancer thing does not get to be the protagonist of your life forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, touche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I I always describe that this book is the four F's and that is my family, my friends, my faith, and the floor. Because prior to cancer, the dance floor was always my main outlet. Wow. Um, however, coming full circle, I realized that for me, I had to hit the floor to look up, to mm. fully understand where my purpose was coming from. Um, so there's like a little word play <laughs> right. on that. Um, <clears throat> I think that when something super traumatic happens, Sometimes you find yourself outside of your character. Hmm. Um, What do you mean by that? (laughs) What I mean by that is that um, for me, I found myself um, 
I found myself in a position where my my self-esteem was very low mm-hmm. and my I wasn't valuing myself in a way that I should because I didn't look the way I normally did. I didn't feel the way I normally did. Um, and everything hurt all the time. Mm. And so I allowed a person in my life last year who should have never been in my life. Um, and it, it wound up to be very toxic. Mm-hmm. And basically they just, they didn't protect my heart in the way they should have. Right. Um, and I think the most dangerous thing that you can do, especially when you're vulnerable, is allow your heart in the wrong hands. That's such great advice. Yeah, because yeah, just because you've gone through something or you're vulnerable does not mean that you lower your standards. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that you let right. people in that are, are not necessarily looking out for your best interest. And I think sometimes, sorry to cut you off, no, but please. I think that sometimes um, people come in as portraying, mm. you know, they move in a certain way that is portraying something or someone who is everything you want and everything you need and um, portraying something light and it winds up to be dark. So this book took me three years to write and it could have been ready in three years, but it took four years to come out. And I don't want to say that um, I don't want to say that it was anybody's fault. That was just the process. Um, but blessings do get blocked when um, when there's distractions in the way. We'll leave it like that. Of course, yes, that's a good that's okay. good advice. So the people yeah. know that you know whatever you're going through now, yeah, whatever your trauma is, your whatever your situation is, mm-hmm. do not let people who are going to be toxic to your life right. because you because at some point I mean when you're vulnerable and you're you know you're at rock bottom you know we yearn for love and we right. want people to take care of us and we want to be accepted and especially if you're not the typical person you used to be mm-hmm. like in looks or in mindset you know we, we like oh well this person accepts me right. and so I think it's a, an amazing piece of advice to say like you know what Whatever you think your best version is always going to be your best version. And never, your looks don't matter. Your diagnosis don't matter. Mm -hmm. You still are this beautiful, kind, you know, loving person. And that's the only people you should accept in your life. And I think that that's great advice, especially someone that right now is struggling with that. Because deep down inside, you may know this isn't for me, Mm -hmm. but you fight it and you fight it and you fight it. Because I know, you know, I've been there where it's like, uh, like, I know this isn't, this isn't a this isn't good for me. And it's not right. just relationships. It's anything, right. you know, going out, or if you just got out of a relationship, right. you know, partying and it's like, you just know this isn't good for me, mm-hmm. but you, and it's like, God's telling you this isn't good, mm-hmm. but it's like, you block it away and you say, right. no, no, no. Right. Right. So, right. so thank you for that. Yep. Thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and I think it's important to say it's not, it's not difficult to fall into those distractions. <coughs> it's actually a lot easier of course. Of course. than kind yeah. of pursuing, staying focused and working on what you need to. Mm-hmm. And I think it gets kind of underplayed how incredibly difficult it is to keep yourself on the right path. Mm-hmm. You know, so yep, I think it's day. really important to kind of highlight that. Yep. And I, so I kind of want to revert back a little bit because, um, because you, because you said this to me and like my mom was diagnosed with cancer, but in her late forties, mm-hmm. my godmother cancer, but in her forties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you're in your 20s, you don't really think, especially like your early 20s, mid-20s, you kind of think you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And please, and, and, I, and I don't want to get, I don't, like, I don't want to bring you back to it, but you're a teenager, mm-hmm. right? You're in, you're in Georgia. You're coming up to New, to New York, New Jersey area. You go to California. You come back. You're dancing. You're, you're just probably in the highlight of your life. Mm-hmm. Everything's going so well. Mm-hmm. And you never would imagine at 26 you'd get diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. No one gets checked for cancer when they're 25, 26. You know, people barely even go to their right. physical. Right. So <laughs> so when, what's your advice to people? Like, because I follow you on social media and I would never think you went through cancer. Like, the way you act, the way you talk, the way, you, you know, you look, the way you, the way you portray yourself, 
I just look at you and I'm like, this person has no problems in the world. <laughs> you know, how to, like, and, I'm, and I'm sure people that don't know your story feel the same way. Because, and then now you're telling me, and still in my mind, I'm like, okay, she got diagnosed with cancer. And then the next day, she was like, I'm going to beat this thing. I'm, I'm taking over the world. And, yeah, and it's just like, so, you know, people, because people who are, who are going through that or something similar, they know that every single day, and even like the minutes of the day are a struggle. So how do you, how, what was your mindset and how did you, and I love the four F's that you answered one of our questions already on mm -hmm. what were the principles that kind of got you, you know, through the storm, but what was your mindset as a 26 year old getting cancer mm -hmm. and kind of like the daily routines of it? And then what's your advice to people who may be in that same situation, mm -hmm. you know, a teenager or a 20 year old that now thinks that their life may be over because they got something they shouldn't have had for at least 30, 40 years? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I mentioned before that growing up, I was heavily, heavily involved and raised in church. Um, but I, I got very far from church because with all the moves and my mom working and honestly, just um, there was a lot of internal conflict in me between like, I, I was having a misunderstanding within my own soul about, like, religion. Um, you know, I remember being 18, and I was like, I'm a Buddhist. Like, <laughs> you know, because I... I at, at one point, yeah, right? Um, I think there was always uh, an understanding of, like, a higher power and, you know, love and, and wanting peace and all that, all the goodness. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but I was very far from from God for whatever reason he was never far from me but I was far from him and when I found out that I was diagnosed and <clears throat> I remember I vividly remember like it wasn't sinking in yet okay like they diagnosed me they told me that I had you know a tumor they told me you're gonna have to go through this major surgery, you're going to have to have chemo, you're going to lose your hair. They're telling me all of this, but it's just like not penetrating. Right. And it wasn't until I was at New York Presbyterian Hospital and I'm there and like there were all these dancers from Broadway Dance Center, which is where I teach. And they're rolling me back on the cart and I look up and I see my mom and she had called in like this, this team of people to pray over me. And like, I hadn't been to church in 10 years and I was so mad at her. And like, my mom is mm -hmm. my best friend, but I was so mad at her. Cause I was just, I was humiliated. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm there with like this long blonde Rapunzel hair <laughs> in this hospital gown with all these machines hooked up to me and all my dancer friends. And my mom has all these people praying over my bed. And I'm like, I'm, I'm basically going to get mutilated and these people are praying over me. They're like, you only get two visitors in your room and there's like 50 people on my floor. That rule doesn't apply to church people. There's yeah, like, there's yeah. literally like 50 people on the floor and they're praying over me and I just remember I let go. I let go and my whole body got hot and I just, I started crying to the point that like, I was like, this is it. Like, I'm at the, again, I'm at the end of me, like, and I just remember crying, and, like, it sounds so dramatic, but I just remember having this one thought inside, and I was like, God, I don't want to die, mm -hmm. like, that was it, I was like, I don't want to die, and I was just like, I, if I come out of this, like, I'm going to work for you for the rest of my life, and it was really, like, I wish I could tell you it was more than that, but it wasn't, it was so, clear and it was so simple and I went in and it was supposed to be a five-hour surgery it wound up being a 15-hour surgery wow. and I came out and there were just tubes coming out of me everywhere and I I remember the first breath that's what I remember I remember the first breath and all I could think was like I woke up <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I woke up and I was like you're real <laughs> and I was so happy and I, I literally like everything hurt I couldn't pick up my arms I remember like I went to do this and I literally couldn't pick up my hands and this wow. is after dancing like eight hours a day on set with Madonna and I couldn't I literally couldn't pick up my hands 
I laid in that bed for five days and I came home and I remember my brother, he was so sweet. Like he, I was too weak to walk. And like one day we would walk to the mailbox and one day we walked to the stop sign. And the next day we would walk half a block. And the next day we would walk a full block. And the next day we would walk to the high school. And the next day we would walk up the hill. And I'm like, and every single day we would do a little more, a little more, a little more. And like, that is how I live my life. Like every day you do a little more. And every day you open your eyes is a good day. Like, and I just, I remember I had no idea what I was doing. There was a, there was a restaurant that I would go to. I used to perform at, it's called Son Cubano. Mm-hmm. I would go there and they would always tell me for years, like, we have a Bible study here on Mondays. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like I dance salsa <laughs> here. Son Cubano does? Yep. <laughs> I, never I, yeah. I know. <laughs> and I remember walking in, like after all these years of them telling me, and I was like, hey, guys, I'm here for Bible study. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even have a Bible. <laughs> they were like, turn to John. Yeah. And I was like, um, can I download the app? <laughs> I had no yes. idea what I was doing. Yes. And I'm like scrolling. And I just remember like the pastor from Eastern Hudson Church, Pastor Renee. And like we read, we read Jeremiah 29, 11, And wow. it's like, I know the plans I have for you. And I just remember sitting there like crumbling at the table in front of everyone. And I was like, his plans are good for me. (laughs) He has good plans for me. And like, it was just, it was so overwhelming. And, you know, Bible study on Monday turned into Bible study on Tuesday, turned into church on Sunday. And then I'm going to Hillsong and I'm like, I love this, (laughs) you know, and that's, that's what happens. Like that's. You know, I started learning about relationship instead of religion, right. and it just, it consumes you. It, it takes over, and, you know, I'm just like, that's really where I'm at. That's, that's what my book is about. That's, <clears throat> now I'm, I'm working with somebody to turn the, the book into a film. Um, I'm an, I'm going to do an audio book in English, oh, and yes, I have people asking to do it in Spanish now. Wow, that's um, beautiful. I've done eight <coughs> signings in the first month, um, and now I'm looking to go and travel and speak. I'm looking to do some dance shoes and dance clothes. That's so cool. So, I mean, there's there's a lot, but it's really all just rooted in the same thing. That's right, and that's what so, I was going to say. I mean, you have all these branches of things, but it's yeah. rooted in in your story yeah. and then your passion to help others because what you just said was completely beautiful and powerful because at the same time a lot of people aren't can't be open about that yeah. and what you went through is something that I could never imagine you know we could never imagine and no one can everyone has their own their own story and their own trauma and they have to handle it but there are foundations that we like to talk about that mm-hmm. i think cover every trauma and it's you know having faith it's having close your family near you, mm-hmm. you know, being close to them, surrounding yourself with people who truly love you, mm-hmm. um, being able to speak about it, mm-hmm. not fearing vulnerability because <coughs> vulnerability is your strength. Mm-hmm. And if you can have those three things and and then the fourth one is what you're doing now and what you've been doing on social media and everywhere is helping others. Mm-hmm. I think those four things, you know, if faith, family of loved ones, being able to speak about it and then help others and pull them up, reaching your hand back and pulling them up. And that's what you're doing. And I'm just, I'm blessed to be in your presence. So I truly appreciate you being open and you talking about it. And for the federal fight listeners, this is not set up, but because of the whole fight and then the whole get better every day and progress, (laughs) you have no idea. Like that's what we talk about every episode. Because we say there is no destination in life. There's no destination and there's no, I need, like, how do you measure if you're doing well or not? And it's just by getting incrementally better every day. Right. And if you can just do that, get 1% better and just keep moving, then you're alive. Right. And so it's just, when you said it, I mean, this whole thing for me is like <laughs> making me feel so good because it's showing that it's, it's not just something that we think about. Mm-hmm. It's something that real fighters and real resilient people like yourself actually do. And That's something works. you speak about. Yeah, it yeah. works. Yeah. Like, you know, to the people listening, you don't need to read the entire Bible in one day. You don't need to run a marathon in one day. All you need to do is take a step outside and walk around the block, Mm -hmm. as you so eloquently said. And I just think that's so powerful 
saying, I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday mm-hmm. and nothing else matters. And to hear it from you, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, this works. Yeah. You know, we're onto something here. It works. Yeah. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It really is. So I want to ask this just because I want to keep promoting your book a little bit. But <laughs> if, you, if you had to pick like one or two poems that people can go to right away and read, uh, which ones would be the most impactful? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, okay. I would say Inside. That would definitely be one of them. Inside. I'm going to write these down. So Inside. Yeah. <laughs> that's I pulled out my phone. I'm gonna can write I read it, it for you? Oh, yes, please. Okay. Oh, yes, that's even better. Um, <clears throat> I should probably have this memorized by now, but I'm not that cool. <laughs> um, Inside, this is actually probably one of the shortest ones. Okay. But um, I love this poem because I wrote this poem in Bryant Park which is, mm. like, probably one of my favorite hangouts in the city. Mine, yes. too. My brother works yeah. um, by there. Oh, yeah? yeah? Awesome. I wrote this poem because I sit there frequently <laughs> uh, by myself. Yes, I'm that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I people watch. And I notice how fast people are moving, and I notice how much people are looking for themselves mm-hmm. in people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'll let it speak for itself. Okay. And sometimes I wish I would have been good at just one thing. Instead of scattered pieces, aftermath of my remains. So I watch and I listen and I smell and I taste. I try to remind myself that nothing is a waste. I touch every place that hurts so I know where to begin. We break, we bruise, we burn. We learn to start again. I'm beginning to believe I'm my own treasured friend, finding love inside these walls where my body used to sin. Spirit singing out of me, I am happy, I am free. So while you're looking for the world, I found the world inside of me. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> that's the, that's the starter that's uh, poem for that's anybody that grabs this. Yeah. Oh. Do you have one more? Yeah, please. I, more. I was just going to say, okay, I don't want like, to read her whole book on here, please. I do have one Because I, I really appreciate it. <clears throat> oh, my God. Okay. You guys are going to laugh at me. You're going to laugh. Okay, so this one is a wrap. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my I, God, I I'm we, nervous. I think we have a beat on here. Different you have a beat? No, no. Oh, my God. Okay. <clears throat> this is funny because I only do this in my room, but all right, <laughs> yes. I'm going to try for you. Exclusive. I'm actually a little nervous for the right now. For family, just for you guys. Exclusive. Yeah, just for you guys. Okay. It goes like this. It goes, looking for some feelings in the lost and found. I thought I told you love's a verb and baby, not a noun. And I can hear my heart beating like an ultrasound. Lyrics to my soul rooted in what's underground. That means feel me, don't you see me, because I'm not around. Busy healing every piece I hide behind the gown. Call her beauty in the beast, that double-sided crown. But lately I'm just doing me, so I don't have no frowns. Keep it moving in the streets, my head is never down. He said my smile gets him high when he's feeling down. I told him I just chase the light when I'm here in town. Bumping pock every day because I get around. <laughs> and no, not in that way, but yeah, I lay it down. Building bricks to the stars till they lay me down. Telescope, please don't choke because now I'm getting found. What? I was lost, but now I'm getting found. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had the bomb. Oh, <laughs> <my God. laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> that was called Lost and Found. And um, I wrote that with one of my best friends because I remember she said this thing to me in the park also. She was like, I'm lost, but I want to be found. And I was like, girl, let's go to Hillsong. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. We really went to Hillsong. It's a great so. place to bring people for that sure. That is beautiful. Yeah. That's so, I'm glad I don't have to read like a bio or something or like the things <laughs> you do because it's like writer, rapper, singer, oh dancer, God. boom, Okay, boom, I'm really boom, not boom. a rapper though. I just <sighs> like to do it like, yeah, you know, yeah. for We'll fun. send this clip to Madonna. See what okay, she does that on. <laughs> do it, do it. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so. amazing. That was great. That yeah. was great. Thank that you. Was great. Now, I was where a little can- nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it. Just like, it's so funny. When I'm, like, in front of a big crowd, I don't get nervous at all. But if we're, like, two people. I'm, I'm the same way. I, it's it's like, more intimate. My heart's, like, beating a little fast right now. Right. But I like it. It's cute. <laughs> it's cool. No, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm, 
You don't look at all nervous. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, she's a showman. I know. I, know. Um, so I had a hand gesture yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> she closed her eyes, so you yeah. know she remembered it. I said, yeah. yeah. We've seen it. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> no, that is great. Thank that you. is great. Um, mm -hmm. Now, because, you know, we know Faith, we know your family. Yeah. This is kind of a, an outside question that we like to kind of feel for. Um, if you had three people, if you can name three people that influence you, and it could be people you know, it could be people you don't know, mm -hmm. you, um, you know, who you look up to, anything. Three people that influence you in your life up to this point, who would they be? Oh, okay. Um, like outside of God, obviously. Yep. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. um, definitely my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom is like my rock. I for sure, that. for sure. It was really tough being away from her for five years. Our relationship was a little rocky um, for a, a minute, um, but it's been so restored. Um, and I think that's also for anybody listening who maybe has been far from their family. Um, I think God is a God of restoration. Absolutely. And so... Yeah, my mother is like, we were always close, but again, I was far from the word mm. for a while, so I wasn't always walking uh, down the most narrow path. <laughs> oh, I hear you. We'll leave it like that. Trust me, I just became a Christian uh. <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Rob's so, extreme. Yeah. <laughs> extreme hey. in everything. Who, who is that's what I respect. You know? Who that's isn't? what I respect about So, um, yeah, my mother is like everything Beautiful. to me. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? I love my brother, but I want to kill him most days. <laughs> so I don't know if he makes the top three. <laughs> He's an outside four. He's yeah. an outside four. Outside. There we go. There we go. Um, oh my goodness. There's so much pressure. I know. And, <laughs> and it's great because we didn't even let her know we went to ask this question. I know. So and so I yeah. told him, I was like, don't, don't I tell know. me the questions before. Um, honestly, um, Hmm. This is going to sound so weird, but because I've never met him, but Pastor Carl. Because I literally listen to his sermons like all the time. Mm. Um, I feel like he's gotten me through the last four years. Wow. Um, Carl Lentz, yep, for those of you who don't know him. Yep. Yeah, definitely look him up on um, YouTube. It's amazing. I. And I'm the type of person, too, who I won't just listen to a sermon once. Like, I will go back and rewatch it, re-listen it. Um, for anybody who, like, really knows me, I don't leave home without a notebook. Mm. Like, there's always a notebook in my bag. If people buy me a purse or, like, a backpack for Christmas, they know it has to be, like, a certain size. <laughs> because if I can't put a notebook in there, I won't use it. Use it. Nope. Um... Yeah. So your mom, Pastor Carl. Pastor Carl. You got one more spot. Um. <clears throat> ay, ay, ay. Um. Hmm. <laughs> and you <laughs> don't have pressure. to know them. Yeah, I don't have to know them. Okay. Um. I would say. I'm stuck right Suspense. now. Suspense. I love it. <laughs> this is so much. I feel like I'm going to let so many people no. down if I say the no. wrong thing. What was actually really cool is that, I mean, you knew your mom and Pastor Carl Lentz, and if you only have two, that's it. That's all you need because God, well, God will be number one, and then, you know, your mom and Pastor Carl Lentz, and if that got you through it. I know, I know people <laughs> that need 15 people, and all you need is two, you oh know? Oh, my God. So that's actually a plus to you. Yeah. What's interesting is for many people who just – who don't really know Pastor Carl Lentz and who just see him as this big-time pastor. Mm -hmm. I've had the pleasure of meeting him several times, mm -hmm. and he is even better in person. Yeah. He's, like, even better in person. Yeah. As a human, just not being... A warm, in, genuine guy. Yeah, not sure. being in front of everyone. Yeah. And he still is just by himself, like, with a couple people. Yeah. As amazing as you could ever even imagine. Mm -hmm. So it's completely pure. And that man is a man of God. And I, I read his book. Yeah. Um, he is an amazing human being and yeah. definitely one of God's uh, best soldiers. I'd tell you that. Yeah. Without a doubt. Awesome. Yeah. That is cool. If I had to pick like a, a female who really spoke to my soul a lot over the years, it would be um, Sarah Jakes. 
Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's um, T.D. Jake's oh, daughter. His, oh, okay. nice. She is, like, super amazing. Really? Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just, like, where my heart's been at because they, they go in. Yeah. They go <laughs> in. And I feel, I feel like I, I can't really give too much credit there's so many good people in my right, life that right. like if I start naming off people, somebody's <laughs> gonna get offended. Yeah. Right. Um and I've been doing so much feeding uh to my own spirit the last few years, um, that I feel like I'm able to pour out to the people in my life because I spend so much time um feeding myself. Mm, so I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Now so here we like to say because to kind of put everything into the foundation of this Mm -hmm. you know so you being here now having gone through what all you've went through Mm -hmm. in your life everything not just the cancer but before it the after it and you know you just continued to fight you know you fought you fought you fought and to me you won and you're continuing to win Mm -hmm. you're winning every day by what you're doing can you please tell the listeners how important it is to fight through the storm, to fight the battles, and to not take flight in life? To not take flight in what? In life. Like how important it is to fight and not take flight. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I don't even have a choice to not fight. Mm. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not optional. And, of course, you're going to have your days or you're going to have your moments where you feel defeated um and and when those moments come I honor those moments I do um I didn't always I would I would fight that you know I'll be like oh don't feel that or don't think that and I think part of fighting is honoring the honesty inside of yourself um and I didn't always know that so I think just recognize that those feelings, they're visitors, they come, mm. they, they visit you, and then they have to leave. And again, that's the renewal of the mind and the spirit, and what are you feeding yourself? I keep talking about feeding, like what are you... Yeah, so explain what feeding yourself, <coughs> like, mm-hmm. what that is to you. Yeah, so when I say feeding, I'm talking about what are you... What are you um, filling yourself with? So what are you allowing? What are you allowing into your space? Uh, what are you... Letting what are you, yourself be influenced by. Correct. Yeah. What are you reading? What are you listening to? I don't start my day without a sermon. I don't. Like every single day, um, I'm starting my day with a sermon. There's worship music in my car. Um, I'm, I'm reading the word and normally, you know, I can, I can see how my game has gone up too. Remember how I said with my brother, we would just walk to the stop sign Mm -hmm. and now it's like, okay, I'm at the gym for an hour and then I'm at the studio all day. It's the same thing. Like I used to read my verse a day on the Bible app (laughs) and I'm like, okay, okay, God, (laughs) me time for you. Right now it's like, I'll actually read the whole chapter, Mm -hmm. right. Or I'll listen to a whole sermon. Now, that doesn't mean I don't listen to other music, too. Right. Come on, I'm a right. dancer. Of like, course, of course. Okay. You got to bop a little right. bit. Right, you got to bop a little <laughs> bit. Like, I'm still in the world. Right. But I don't put God on the back burner. Mm. There's a balance. So um, even on the way over here, like, I got in the car, the first thing, I was like, I was listening to my music, and then I was like, yo, let me put on some worship yeah, music yeah. real quick. You know, because I, I needed to fill myself. I needed to fuel myself. So when you get in that position of like feeling defeated or feeling like um, you're down, you can you can switch it up. You can mm-hmm. switch the channel. Love that. I heard Nathan Finocchio last week, who's an awesome pastor um, from L.A., and he was talking about how when you're listening to worship music, it'll start to speak to you. Absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, um, after four years of being cancer-free, Literally three days after releasing my book, I found out that my cancer returned and that it metastasized, which means it spread. So it came back. It spread to my bones. Um, They found a tumor in my back and my pelvis and something under my arm. I just went through 10 rounds of radiation in 10 days. And so when I was in church last week and it was time to worship, like on the first song, I was having trouble lifting my arms, not because it hurt, 
but because it was hard for me to actually say the words and believe them. Right. And then in the second song, the words started saying basically like, I'm desperate for you. And as, those, as I started saying those words, my arms started going up. And it's like, even the music, it will start to minister to your soul as you're saying it. Right. And it's a sacrifice sometimes to worship. It's a sacrifice to like say it, because sometimes you don't even believe it. Right. But as you're saying it, it'll speak back to you. So that's, that's the fight. But you have to honor it sometimes. Sometimes you don't feel like raising your hands. Sometimes you don't believe it. Right. Sometimes your only prayer can be like, help. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love that. Um, th- those are the realest prayers sometimes. Yeah. And it's those small decisions, you know, like you said, putting in a sermon every morning, making sure you, you read through a verse, at le- uh, a, a chapter at least in, in right. your scripture. Those are all tiny decisions that cumulatively they make a huge impact on your life. They do. And so I love that you oh, brought that man. up. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even and, and then coming back and you still being, you know, this this fighter and seeing the good and knowing that you're gonna get through it and and you're talking about, you know, like that. I, I said on a previous episode, you know, God's always knocking at our door. Mm-hmm. But he's a gentleman. So he's not gonna come in unless we invite him in. So people that don't think God is moving in their life, people that don't feel God, that don't feel the Holy Spirit, will have you fully surrendered yourself to him because when you do like you're saying it's a huge sacrifice Mm -hmm. it's like i have to be completely vulnerable i don't know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. but i'm trusting god and when that happens breakthroughs will happen in your life so i'm glad you said that because it is a sacrifice it's not easy it's not easy just say okay i'm a christian hi (laughs) no it's 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 hard it's hard and but it's so worth it it is so worth it and when did you finish your radiation Two, a week ago, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. What? Ago. That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's why I said the floor was the fourth F for me because it's like, yeah, family, friends, faith, the floor, which I, I at the time I thought was dancing, but I realized, no, it's, it's hitting your knees and looking up and being humble enough to say, like, I don't got it. You know, and we live in this culture of like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Like, what about the ones who like, I I don't got it. Like, and that's okay. It's And I love that because it's more than okay. Because we all know that we can't do it alone. And it's okay to not be okay. And we talk about, it's like, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just traveling in this way of life. And you're just going through the most, you know, the, the struggles, the traumas, the going to the left of your path, the right to your path, but getting back on it. And it's extremely important. Mm-hmm. And the more and more you speak, like I don't want this ever to end. Because like <laughs> the more and more you speak, the more and more it hits me saying, it's, it's just so true. Because we've never met. We're from two different worlds. And we're following the same principles mm-hmm. on that. I'm not weak because I'm vulnerable. I'm not weak because I I had a disease. I'm not weak because I struggled. No, I'm just going through life. And the more and more we can be open with people and be the real versions of us and share and help, just the better off we are. And it's just just like speaking to my soul right now. It's it's amazing. I'm so glad you came on here. This is beautiful. I mean, um, do you have anything for us? Like maybe we didn't ask you a question, maybe something you wanted to talk about because we we don't want you to leave here without... I think just to piggyback off of what you just said, um, you know, and in reference to the original question about the, the whole fighter mentality, mm-hmm. I would I would say probably to close out one of my uh, favorite scriptures, if I could choose one, um, in that prayer that they prayed over me in the hospital, they gave me uh, Psalms 23, and I, I don't remember the whole thing, but I always remember the first line, and it says, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, you know. And I just remember the guy who prayed, and he said, the one key word I want you to always remember, and this was like right before I knocked out, he was like, we're, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, through. And that is for anyone who's fighting anything. We're walking through it. 
We're not looking to the left. We're not looking to the right. We're walking through it. And that is where everybody's eyes have to be, whether you're Christian, whether you're not Christian. And by faith, after this, you will be Christian because <laughs> right. God is moving mm -hmm. and he's working all the time. Um, but just keep walking through, you know, um, and that's that's really what I would want to leave everyone with. That's beautiful. And you don't have to walk through it alone. Because you can have God with you and you can have the people that you love walking Amen. you through it. Because you will. It's something that one of the at church, one of the things I go by, and I'm so glad you said it, we all are going to walk through the valley several times. And it's your choice to do it alone or to do it with God and the people who love you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I want to be able to leave uh, <clears throat> you as a resource for people that may be struggling with something similar. Yeah. Where can people find you? Um, so my Instagram is at Olivia Dance and the number one. Okay. Um, and then I have a new Instagram account for the poetry page, which is at Live Strong Poetry. And that's L I V. Yes. Cool. Um, and then I have a website also, which is Live Strong Poet. Uh, Live Strong. Oh my God, I don't even remember. <laughs> this is so bad. Cut. Olivia Livestrong.com. L I V. There we go. Beautiful. All right. Sorry. Yeah, because we want people to reach out. Please reach out to her. Support her mission. Yes. Her mission is going to move mountains, and it already is. I mean, thank you already you. moved my life, and I've only known you for an hour. Oh, so I, I really appreciate everything you're doing. And Thank you so much. Oh, thank man. you so much for coming, just sharing, yeah. being open. Yeah. Um, it's amazing, and it's an honor, like Rob said. The book is available on the website. Yes, and it's on Amazon, and it's on barnesandnobles.com, and we're working on getting it in Barnes & Nobles in the store. Awesome. So. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. All right. That is Fight Over Flight. Yes. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yes, God bless. That's a wrap. <laughs>